0: to the official podcast of the Canberra
1: Raiders.
2: Oh, Billy off the C's up now, he puts a kick out, Croker's there against Oh, Derek Croker! What a catch by the skipper! Come
3: join us
0: as we go Behind the Limelight.
3: Yes, hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. And we're basking in the afterglow of a tremendous win. Canberra, 22, the Melbourne Storm 18 gentlemen. Wow, 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 what a win that was. And without getting too complacent, I think we can reminisce and enjoy what a win that was, considering all things put down, the opposition, who we were playing, the fact that we're down 18 points to nil, we had two guys in the sin bin. It's a penalty count against us as well in that first half. And to show that character that uh, Ricky and the coaching staff has instilled all off-season, Everything they did in the off-season was on display that night. They showed character, they showed the defensive prowess to claw back and not just to stay in the fight, but to claw back fast enough and to win the game. What Look,
0: usually we? I talk the winds down a little bit and say, you, you, do. Know, you move on to the next one, I think. But for this one in particular, I think um, it definitely deserves um, a little bit of extra kudos. It's I mean, the, the, as you said, the circumstances to be down, 18-0, um, to have... Two guys in separate occasions put in the sin bin. So 21, 20 minutes at there, plus an extra minute when uh, Dynamis Louis went off the field for the interchange. What was he doing there? Um, that's, a, that's actually a rule that, that happened anyway, We'll talk about that. I watched that later. the
3: replay and everyone was asking, me, what was yeah. going on there? I was like, so, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then
0: to score just before half time, um, I thought that last 10 minute period. Just going into halftime, the boys started to finally find a bit of rhythm. Uh, and then to come out in that second half, and they just totally dominated uh, field position, possession. Um, defensively, they were they were on the money, uh, and they scored um, three great tries to win the game. And, and that's what you've got to do at this time of year. You need to be in those games, um, and to do it against the you know, likely minor premiers mm. on their home turf... Um, speaks volumes of what this side's capable
3: of. Well, not many people have done that with the storm and apparently no one has come back from 18-0 behind. But another thing too was another donut in the second half. We kept them scoreless mm. with a back and line Andrew McFadden actually said Dunavallu. that at
0: half-time. He said, keep him, we need to keep them to nil. Um, he looks after him and Whitey obviously look after all the, the defence and he said, boys, the challenge for you guys defensively this half is to keep them to zero because we're going to need to if we're going to win this game. And they did.
3: So, wow. <laughs> Tommy Logan, just before we go there... Do you think that was, considering the Grand Finals are big premiership games, they're the big wins for the club, but I can't remember, a, say, like a midweek club game or just a normal club game in club land, not finals, I can't think of anything bigger and significant than that win. There were a couple of through the years, but I think... Just based
0: just on the significance, all, the all those factors together. that we talked about, yeah. you know, being Melbourne in Melbourne, um, they've never been beaten by that, all those scenarios that you put into it. Well, there's been some great wins, don't worry about that. Absolutely. Come, come from behind wins, golden point wins. Yeah. Um, 60 all that point sort of, thrashings Yeah all that sort of stuff But yeah. that has to be up there There's it no doubt about that I can't think of one um, In my time That's that's felt That special In terms of a club game yeah. um, Obviously we've won Some big finals games A, a couple of times and, and had some really good victories um, But that was pretty special
3: I think also um, Tommy To win that game In the context of our season Considering what, what's ahead of us In regards to that rugby league obstacle course we we, we Played the Roosters last week, didn't get the chocolates. The Storm next week, or the Storm this week, we knock them off. Just how much it'll do for the group's confidence moving into the finals. I was thinking about it on the way here too, gents. How hardened are we going to be come September? This week-to-week we grind, we've got Manly this week, which is going to be a blockbuster. The Sharks away, which is going to be a daunting task. You know, Gale's last game. Mm. The Warriors, you know, they can be a bit of a nuisance in times. Come September, this team is going to be hardened in confident, And I, I want to say it, but it's shades of 89. It's yeah. shades of 89, almost.
1: It's looking really good, but the only thing that's going to hurt us will be complacency. So we've just got to stay focused. You know, the te- the team know what they've got to do and they've, they've just got to keep, you know, just keep working hard, you know. I, I know we want to sort of sit and bask in the glory and... And that's all great, but yeah, I think it, we really need to sort of switch our attention to the Manly
0: game. But that's what's so exciting. Have, we have to switch our attention it's to exciting. the Manly game Look, it's because coming Sunday. Because if we sit back and, and rest on what's just happened, then Manly will pull our pants down mm. on the weekend. Mm. Um, they're, we've, they're a team over the last few years that we've had a, a bit of drama up against. You know, we, it yeah. hasn't been an easy game for us. The Manly game we've seen to have they seem to have had the wood on us in a few occasions. So for us, um, uh, I think the guys pretty much put that. Gained a bed um, I mean yes They got asked about it Earlier in the week In the media Obviously because of The, the, the whole circumstances Around it But yeah. the, the focus Has definitely Already shifted to Manly um, And they know That they're going to need To be at their best Because they come down here Um you know, everyone's saying that we're the team that's, um, you know, showing a bit of uh, form and in character and we're doing this and that. And Desi's just got them flying under oh. the radar. They've gone Pretty past Desi south. they now into fourth position. Nobody's talking just about sneaking them. Sneaking along. Nobody's mentioning them or talking about them. And um, they're going to come down here um, fired up, I'll I've tell been, you right now.
3: Just if I can ask, were you in the sheds at halftime? I was. What was the mood like at halftime? Mate, it was Eight very
0: It was very positive. Um, I'm telling you right now, there was no panic. Um, Ricky spoke, um, you know, with great calmness um, and the messages, messaging was very clear and the individuals in the group who had an opportunity to say a few words at halftime were very clear in their communication as well. I mean, they they saw it as a challenge, I think. Um, they mm-hmm. realised the adversity that they were under and, and they challenged each other to come out and perform in the second half. And you know, there was no panic, there was no blow-ups. Everyone, everyone just went about and had what they had to say and they moved on. It was great.
3: I think the boys, once they got to that, that second 20 minutes, as, uh, the, the fullback Mr C and K, walks past us. He's, been, he's just been in the shop?
0: He's been, he's bought himself a jersey. There bought himself go. a jersey.
3: Uh, well, smart footy as well, Tommy. There were times where we were down there and, and probably couldn't score, but instead of trickling into the end goal and maybe conceding potentially a seven-tackle set, they were just getting tackled in the back corner and you could just t- see that defensive wall stiffen up to keep them down there. And they, they defended themselves to victory as well. And during the call, I was thinking, gee it's such a it's such an 80 minute performance with the storm even at 18 16 22 18 all it takes is one piece of brilliance from Vunivalu or Addo Car or hmm. or Chambers or Munster and they can just turn everything upside down and all that kind of climb back was disappointed waste but we played to the 80th minute to win but and you know what i think what
1: you guys were just alluding to there before i think that sort of patience and play and you know really sort of just battering that sort of storm defensive line that eventually paid off in the end because i think that constant pressure would have maybe you know, really sort of worn out the storm a little bit, and that sort of I I feel like allowed Papali to sort of really sort of crash over towards the end there because he just he just so too, showed too much strength and he came on in about the sixty six minute and and sort of really just unloaded in that last little phase of play.
0: What I liked: three out of our four tries were um, were off the back of, of good footy. Mm. So the first try to, to Croker came off the back of some nice play on the left. Um, we got a we got a kick try um, from Hodgson just to you know his vision obviously saw that, but then we saw. The, the try for Rappinor in the corner, you know that was off some good play. It was good to see Chance mm. involved mm. Um, instead of just being a runner all the time. He actually threw that ball to to Raps to score that try, and then obviously um, Josh Papali being able to bulldoze through the middle. I mean, when you're scoring when you're scoring tries through the middle of, a, of an opposition, you know that you've got them worried, and, yeah. and that's what we had on the weekend. I mean, Josh Papali, he's having. The, He's been he's won the Meninga Medal twice. Yeah, he has to be favourite to win it again. Absolutely. His footy is just next level at the moment. His season this year is the best he ever had. I remember when he moved from the back row to the, to the middle; um, people were a little bit sceptical of the move and, and how it was going to go. But he's the best front row in the comp. He
1: has to be hands down. Yeah. The Maroons lost Origin when he was off the field. Yeah. In my opinion, I, I just I don't know. I, I know Papa gets a lot of raps, but I, I just feel like he hasn't got the recognition that he really. So everyone, talk, I know he, everyone talks about Tamalala and all that, but he's just as destructive.
3: The beautiful thing about big pups is you, you highlighted. Probably to his standards, he probably wasn't that involved in regards to his attack. But the great thing about these great plays is they show up when it's needed. They come up with the big plays, and that was a huge play. Well, you know what he, same he does? with for us. As well. You know
0: what he does for us? He leads us forward. Mm. I mean, he's what, the spark he, he, in that he goes forward. Pack. He goes forward, and the boys go with him. Um, mm, you yeah. see, guys, and I think on the weekend, part of the reason we were, we were really good um, in that sort of back end of the first half and into the second half was guys like Corey Horsburgh, Danamis Louie. Um, they challenged each other to come off the bench and make an impact, and they yeah. did that. Both of those guys came on. Corey Horsburgh, that was his best game. Best game? I think that's oh. the best game for the club he's had. And, and Nami, you know, just churns out just solid performances yeah. every week. So when you got guys coming off the bench and, and just being able to keep that momentum up, um, that's a sign of a good team.
3: Righto, the big game, Canberra v Manly. The Channel 9 game there at uh, 405. Matchday sponsor, Huawei. And some special things happening too, Ben.
0: Yeah, that's right. We've got the Deaf Australia partnership with Huawei this year and we'll be wearing... Um, some wonderful jerseys, uh, mm. which will be auctioned off post-game through allbits.com.au. Uh, they feature the Auslan alphabet on them. Mm. Uh, for those of you who've been keeping an eye on our website and social media this week, um, we've been doing a few activities with a few of the players, some sign language and, and bits and pieces. So it's going to be a wonderful afternoon down there on Sunday. Look, let's get 20,000-plus down there. I'd love to see. like That, that atmosphere for the Roosters game was amazing. And uh, after the win last week against the Storm, I think, even bigger this week against Manly, particularly with the way they're playing at the moment.
3: Well, in regards to our predictions, I think none of us got anything. I got probably, probably a minus five. I picked up for a try, but <laughs> you got 10 minutes in a bin. So maybe that's a point loss. What have we got this week?
0: Well, I'm going to stick with uh, the theme of a, a really good performer last week who's on a donut this year. He hasn't crossed the line. It's, it's time for Big Red to score a try. Yeah. This is big. This, has got to be, this is 41-to-1 to sort of thing here. <laughs> That'll bring the house down. I'm going for the red
1: man to crash over and get his first try of the season.
3: Tommy, what do you got for us? Last week I said
1: Bateman. Uh, I still think Bateman will have a big impact in this game. I can see him really getting in the face of someone like a Dylan Walker, someone with a short fuse. So I reckon, I reckon it's going to be his former Wigan teammate, though, Ryan Sutton. I reckon he's going to bundle over and have a, a big game as well.
3: I want to choose Sia for a try. Just, We've all gone, gone, for, just, the, just, we're just gone for the least, middle forwards. I we'll yeah, love how feeling. feeling is going to barge over at some stage and get a meat pie for a good win on Sunday. Get out there and support the boys. <laughs> Dinamas Lily, welcome to the podcast, mate.
2: Thanks for having me.
3: First of all, mate, I just want to say without embarrassing you, congratulations on your form, mate. Uh, I'll say it, I think you're one of the most improved players in the NRL. You've been a bit of a journeyman. I remember I spoke to you the start of last year. You felt that you are really comfortable and you're really enjoying living in Canberra, your family's settled, do you think once you get comfortable at home, comfortable in your in your life outside, it just transfers on to the football field?
2: Yeah, exactly right. I reckon it, it sort of works both ways, you know, um, if I'm enjoying myself, um, you know, here around the boys at the club, um, my energy sort of, um, you know, goes back towards, um, goes back home and, you know, it's vice versa, um, you know, my wife's happy as well, which uh, makes it, um you know, a lot easier for me as well, um being able to turn up and being ready to play, being ready to train um knowing yeah knowing that you know my family back at home's happy, so you
3: know the story that how you got here through Pete Mar Holland, how you're at the dragons, and then he got you to canberra yeah <clears throat> what what are the, some of the stuff that ricky what's your kind of your messaging from Ricky uh
2: when I first got here he uh, he asked me you know what um what I wanted to get out of uh, my time here, and um I pretty much just said. Just to play forty, um, hopefully have a breakout year. Um, I haven't had a breakout year yet, but um, you know, I'm slowly, um, you know, working my way up there and um, getting better. I'm just, I've been doing a lot of work with um, um, Brett White yeah. I'm on my defense. I thought that's one thing I really needed to work on, and um, you know, with him. Um, you know he's he's represented Australia, represented New South Wales. Um, I thought he was a, a real good guy I could speak to and use as a mentor. And no, um, yeah, he's he's really helped me a lot this year. And um, yeah, yeah, he's really got me going. So yeah, he's one one person I need to thank. So
0: mate, I disagree. I think yeah, not only having a a breakout it, I reckon you're having your best year yeah. I mean and, and it comes off the back of some really good form at the back of last year where you finally got to put a few games together and string a bit of form did, did that help going into that back end of last season of being able to play those those games and then and then come into this year and bounce into it
2: yeah 100% um when I did my knee I didn't have a I didn't really um I stayed here and trained I didn't have an off season I, I asked um uh, Ryan Clayton, if he could stay back and um, help me out, and he he was all for it. He said, "Yes, yeah, sweet." So um, you know, I used an extra four weeks there to um, you know, trying to get myself ready, um, to get back in and have a have a full preseason, and um, I did that, um, played round one, and um, just I was just working on little things, and it got me to a point where, um, I started playing more minutes, and and then I just you know progressed from there, and um, yeah, just yeah, being. Progressing progressing yeah. ever since so. Well because
0: of the, I mean, the, the circumstances at the end of last year Obviously with Boydie um, and Junior leaving mm. It left a bit of a hole in the middle of the field And um, uh, you all, all of a sudden alongside Papa uh, Had to become one of the senior um, middle players Along with Seer, obviously um, And then you get guys that, that pop up this year Like Ryan Sutton, Corey Horsburgh uh, Even Hudson Young Who's played a bit of time in the middle as well uh, Joe Tarpin, he's obviously a wonderful player you guys just seem to be a group of of players that just love playing footy with each other, and and as a middle unit, you, you know, you, you guys just seem to be there for each other. Is that is that a feeling yeah. that you have?
2: Yeah, losing Bordy and and um, Jones last year is sort of um, yeah. You know, we we knew we were losing good players and, and big bodies as well, but um, getting Sato and, and Beto here, um, you know, they're a lot different players. They're a lot quicker. But still very powerful them too, when um, nothing much really changes around there. they still get quick playables for us um, and I think our whole game has just gone to a, a different level um, where we can play that f- uh, flat and fast footy and um, you know let Ro- Hojo get out and, and run and, and it helps jack as well Jack's been killing us since moving to five eight as well so well
3: just to to echo what Benny said it when you come in, the, in this in the modern age, coming off the bench is such an important role to bring back that Energy and change the shift and to keep going, you know. Once the two starting props come off and you've got to come on and really maintain and do a big job, what do you prefer? That would you prefer to start or you don't mind coming off the bench?
2: Um, either way, le- the last three weeks, Dick's been leaving it up to me, Sir and Pops with um, who starts there. Um, I, I hope I don't get in trouble. I don't know if Osmond <laughs> said it or not. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, but Rick,
0: Rick encourages that. He encourages feedback from the players. That's he's awesome. he's yeah. not.
2: He's not a dictator that says, this
0: is how we're doing it. He he actually takes feedback, which is a great thing for,
2: as a player. Yeah, he he, he likes um, you know having the senior players just being able to call shots as well and um, and helping him out as, as well there because we're we're the ones on the field and, um, well, well for me just as a respecting if I just leave it up to see if he, if his body's alright he, he's he's good to go I'll, I'll let him start pops as well mm-hmm. I reckon he should be starting every week you know you can't we can't have pops coming off mm-hmm. the bench well that just goes right. to show
3: that you said how that's the harmonious pack that we have. Everyone's like, okay, you're going to start this week. No, I come off the bench, and it's like a really good mm, com- open communication. We
0: talked about before you got in today for the podcast, just Joshua Parley. I mean, I, I thought he was a, one of the best players I've ever seen come through the club before this year started, but this year he's just gone to another level. He's yeah. been outstanding.
2: He's reinvented himself. Yeah. I spent a lot of time with him off the field and because um, our, our families are pretty close, and you can see the change compared to last year. He's, he's really. Um, um, He's really grown, I reckon. Um, I reckon, too, like, his his other coach at home really pushes him as well. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, he's he's really grown, um, you know, on and off the field as well. Yep. It's, re- it's really showed. Um, and his leadership's gone up another level as well.
3: Well, Benny mentioned about he's the leader of the pack. He's the spark in yep. you guys. How much do you look to him, maybe even subconsciously, where you're not actually thinking about it, you just see his actions and you just follow him?
2: Yeah, inspiring. Um I think he inspires a lot of the boys here as well. Especially, you know, last week we needed someone to do something, and he just you know, did it all himself. Scored that winning try. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, he yeah he's he's one of those players where um, yeah, if you need some, you know he's going to deliver, and everyone just playing off him as well brings a lot of energy.
3: Without <laughs> moving, dwelling too much on the on the past. Last week, I know we're playing Manly, a team that you know pretty well. You've had some time at Manly, yep. but that performance against the Storm, that feeling post game, singing that team song. How nice did that feel when you've knocked off a uh, team coming first? In no circumstances.
2: Yeah, it was one of those games. Um, you know, just like the, the relief after the game, I think um, hit us more than anything. You know, um, the the first half it was just nothing was going our way. Oh well, for the first thirty minutes, anyways. And then, but that last ten minutes when we sort of composed ourselves, um, we got a bit more born than scoring that try before going in. Um, in a half time, it, we we knew we were still in it. Like we had half of that. First half with one man down, and we still ended up scoring a try when we got even. Even the back, fact
3: so. that Toots missed the kick, it was kind of like, "Gee, that was an important kick." But even though it was like an extra little mountain to climb, okay, we need to get three tries now to at least get a result. And the fact that you did it, it, was, it was outstanding, outstanding performance. How long did you kind of sit in that celebration mode without getting too carried away to, you know, put that behind you now to start focusing on Sunday because it's another big game
2: this Sunday? Uh, next day, pretty much. Um, yeah. It was just um, you know leaving Melbourne, um, knowing that we beat them and the way we beat them as well. um, It was a real good feeling. But then you know as soon as we got back, we back into training yesterday. um, Everyone knew we had to switch on and um, not get too carried away by that win and start focusing on uh, on Manly. Yeah, mate,
0: I can't wait Sunday afternoon down there, Geoghegan Stadium. Nice. Hopefully, sunny day. Oh, this is the best time in. of year, isn't it's it? It's going to be exciting, mate. It's the, the best, best time. time. It is the best time. It's the best time. Mate, mate, year. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll, we'll let you get back into your uh, recovery and stuff, and uh, we'll see you cool. down there on Sunday. Cheers. Thanks for having me, guys. What strength, what power, what a grand final! for the my fault. That would final? Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machines epic 1989
4: grand final victory.
3: Yeah, G'day, it's Raider Nick, and this week we go back in time to 89 with the man that won the Clive Churchill medal on grand final A against the Tigers. Had a fabulous breakout year, of course, playing for Australia, playing Origin, and then topping it off with a sterling performance in the GF, and of course getting, as mentioned, the Clive Churchill medal. This week we go back in time to 89, the man they call Clyde Raider number 97, Bradley Clyde.
4: How are you? Yes, it's... Uh... What a time. 1989, it was uh, my favourite year.
3: Brad, without embarrassing you, often gets spoken about that Bradley Clyde revolutionised the game at number 13 plays. You were the kind of guy, you were the first one there to take a hit up. You were the third one there to take a hit up, whether it was through the middle or on an edge. You could you could come off a ball from Mal on the inside and score out in the back line. How did you approach your game? I remember I spoke to you last year, you spoke about you idolised Brett Kenny, So you, you wanted to play as a bit of a six and you brought that kind of five eight six style to style to your 13 jumper. But the fact that you, you had all that, that high work rate but you were the first one there, were they conversations you had with Sheenzy? Did Sheenzy kind of say, so I think you should do this or do that and kind of suggest some kind of positional play? Or was it just you instinctively going down there and just really being part of the team and having those big carries for your team?
4: Yeah, well, there was a combination of... of uh, you mentioned Brett Kenny. I, I also, um, as a role model, used Wayne Pearce at the time and, and his preparation to the game and his work ethic, but um, definitely Brett Kenny with his ability with the ball and and uh, the amount of, of timing that he used to have. So I used to try and mould myself into a, a blend of both of those. Um, and, of course, watching the... The, the Raiders from 82 yeah. uh, and uh, I think Carl Carl Froman was the, the yeah. lock at that stage so yeah I, I tried to emulate him of course but um, look I um, I did receive some direction from Sheenzy early in my career and, and it was in the early 90s he, he wanted me to get to the breakdown as much as possible so when there was, uh, when we did receive the ball he wanted me to be back there to be able to create some sort of attacking play. And um, and so I, to, to be fair, I, uh, a, a lot of it I was just following Sheenzy's direction. Yeah. But also I did feel that there was uh, an opportunity to attack straight away after receiving the ball. So it was... Um, uh, it, it, it wasn't just a wasted run, and, and, and um, sometimes it, it's probably looked at these days. You know, the, although the, the wingers get in and do a lot of work these these days, cutting the ball out of there uh, from dummy half in tackles one, two, and three. But um, look, I, 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 I saw it as a, a real opportunity to be able to attack um, from a point uh, where others probably didn't see it as an attacking uh, position.
3: The game of 89, wow, what a fantastic uh, experience for the club. Yourself, you get in there, you're playing against the Wayne Pierce, a childhood hero of yours, and look, without sounding rude, you got the better of him that day. I think think Wayne Pierce is well-known. I'm not outing him in any way. He even mentioned he probably saved his worst game of his career on the grand final day. But for you, on the other side of the token, a Clive Churchill medalist, what were you feeling? You would have been such so high on those emotions of winning the game, but then to, for your name to be called out to come, on, come up on the stage and collect the Clive Churchill medal, what were those feelings like, Brad?
4: Yeah, it was sort of like the, the perfect day, wasn't it? Uh, for me, looking back, it, it, was, um, uh, it, it was a day that we built from 12 months before. We were... The moment that um, we got knocked out of the, the semi-finals against mm. the, the Bulldogs the year before, um, we were setting our sights on grand final the, the following year, and, and so we we got there. And um, it, it's one thing in getting to the grand final; it's another winning it. And mm. um, uh, so all the effort, everything that you've been coached, uh, and all the skills that you've been Provided by the people that uh, you know you, you have given you some direction through your career, your mums and dads, and you know it, you had to bring it on game day and uh, and leave nothing in the dressing rooms, and and that's exactly what we did. Um, mm. Even in the first half, it was twelve two, I think, at half time and I still thought we were the better team, and and so did everyone else, and certainly Tim Sheens had the same philosophy. So look, we uh, didn't have our heads down. In in contrast, we were full of fighting. And and the moment um, we crossed sides to to go into extra time, it was at that time I I knew that we were seriously a good chance of winning because uh, uh, the momentum had swung our way and, and we were... We were full of vigour and uh, energy uh, as opposed to the uh, the Tigers were, were, were pretty tired at that point.
3: That energy that you found in extra time there probably came from the fact that you probably felt that you guys were the better side. And I know that you really had rallied you guys at half time thinking, you know what, we are the better side. The pendulum will shift. How? When, when did you get that inner feeling of knowing that you've got it?
4: Well, uh, when we crossed over, um, I, I actually thought you know, that, uh, was, we had more younger players in our side. We were being led by Mal and, and Dean Lance and, and Gary Coyne and um, a few of you know, the more experienced guys. But w- within that mix, there was a, a really healthy blend of, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, Lazarus mm. Stewart, myself and, and Laurie, um, you know, Matty Wood. There was a real uh, Good uh, cluster of young players coming through, so I was really confident that um, we could. uh, There was another ten minutes to play that we could really apply ourselves, just as good as what we did with the first eighty minutes. And um, um, the time, the moment that I thought we'd won it was when, um, actually, it was when uh, Chris O'Sullivan kicked the field goal, Mm. and we got to the front for the first time and um, I thought that even before then the momentum had swung our way but at that point I thought we I was quite confident
3: What was the inner child of Bradley Clyde feeling the night of the game after all the celebrations were done the kid that would catch the bus <laughs> into Queen Bain to watch you know these the young dinosaurs of the Raiders to, to now be in one hand the grand final cup and in the other hand the Clive Churchill and what, can you remember what was going through your mind Jeez, what a year 89 was for you <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, and personally, uh, it, it was everything I thought it would be. Um, you know, the the, the mateship that um, allows you to win something like that—you've fully invested in each other uh, for you know the years prior—and uh, um, so it was the reward of all that. But in saying that, it was um, um, for Canberra itself and all the people and uh, it, it, uh, I, I know that uh, I was a, a, a proud Baron that uh, it, it provided some real um, uh, some something to be really proud about and uh, I speak to a lot of Cambarans even today and they quite happily have a conversation about what it was like in, in 1989 when we won the grand final, and um, and it takes them back to another time.
3: Brad, one question I ask. The 89 grand final had an effect on so many people, whether it was the fans, the supporters, the club, the players, the community, Disney movie-esque. Is there something you take out of that experience, Brad, metaphorically speaking, and apply to your life today?
2: Well,
4: even Spielberg couldn't have written that script, I don't think. He (laughs) had so many ups and downs, and... uh, uh but uh in terms of uh the philosophies of the, anything that are, are dragged out of the game is um I, I think you know just the the application to uh achieve a goal and i, I um you set yourself goals and, and um you make no excuses until you achieve them and um so i, I know we made a a commitment to each other to to um be our best for the whole year to to win that grand final, and that's exactly what we we did. I think um, you know there, you, you look right across the park at that time in 1989. The, you know some of the the more household names now they they weren't mm-hmm. at that point, and um, they all stepped up um, during that year. It, it was because they made that commitment to each other that uh, there was no excuses. Nothing was going to get in the way of um, uh, us giving 100% for uh, each other and uh, to, to achieve a common goal. So, yeah, that, that's probably the main thing.
3: Well, of course, congratulations on being inducted in the inaugural Canberra's Hall of Fame at the start of the year. We saw you a few weeks ago down here at the 89 Gala that would have been a great feeling coming home and catching up with just members of the Raiders community, members of the Canberra community.
4: Very much. Well, we've all got a little bit older, and uh, thirty years on, it's hard to believe. But well, it's um, questionable
3: for you, mate. You look—you still look fantastic, <laughs> without sounding rude.
4: <laughs> well, it—it I, uh, it was good to, to bump into everyone and have a beer and uh, and catch up. And and um, now that we're having regular reunions, it. Uh, um, it provides a, a, a backdrop to uh, look forward to every year just to do the, that reminiscing, which I, I think is important to, to build a healthy culture.
3: It's really unique just seeing you guys mingle and be social at those, whether it was the gala the night before or the reunion of the day, but the next day, the Forever Green reunion, you just kind of get back into your cliques again. Like it was just yesterday, you were at footy training. It's Why is that, you reckon, Brad? Um,
4: I think um once you've jumped into the trenches with each other for such a long period I, I think we we uh we know each other better than what re- the individual knows each other mm. it's um I, um we've spent that much time together uh, on and off the field over the years and um it, it's um you know it, we um Uh, it's just something that uh, bonds you together, certainly galvanises you as friends.
3: Well, Bradley Clyde, we could talk football all day. Honour to speak to you again. And congratulations uh, for what you achieved 30 years ago and what you're achieving today. Thank you very much for joining us as we go back in time to 89. My pleasure, Nick. Thanks for the chat.